Hello and welcome, listeners, to episode 19, part two, part two. of your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast, IRL Game Chat. We're still friendly. Where we share our most intimate memories and opinions regarding the world of video games as we know it. I am your host, Joe Finley, and with me as always is Luke. Luke. Yay! Hi, I'm back. Yes. With Joe. He's Le- back too. Level up Luke. Yeah. Feel free to tweet him. Ding, ding. Whatever it is that you have to say to this man. Give me tweets. On to the news we care about. Yay, the stuff we like. Yes. So, as it turns out, Valve's Steam machines will support AMD, NVIDIA, and Intel. Which hmm. I think is a little interesting, considering the fact that they've pretty much been straight NVIDIA for everything that they've announced so far. And video game consoles can never be more powerful than PCs, says NVIDIA in a recent quote publicly. Right. I don't know. I'm kind of broken on this huh? because I'm upset about the fragmentation of this idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, anyway. So clever. I'm worried that does this mean that every Steam machine will have its intricate kinks and things that will work well with this one, but not with this one, and certain driver issues with this one, but not with this one, Maybe certain smoothing and upscaling that will work with this one and not... I don't know. It's yeah. It's hard I'm the to wrong say how. To ask about that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is a valid point. It's hard to say. I mean, we're still a ways out. We still, I mean, they're they're still entering the beta program with all of these things, right? So, and also there is a, a new video that Valve demonstrated the Steam controller being used in. Oh, and we'll comment on that next week because I didn't get a chance to share that with Luke before the podcast, right? And I want him to see it before we talk. I want to see it as well. Yes. <laughs> well, we've talked a lot about Steam so far, so here's an interesting one. As it turns out, Georgie Belloglazzo, who in 2010 released a game called Phobos 1953, did not know that his game was appearing on Steam. Uh, what? Yeah. I mean, for most developers, getting a game onto Steam is an important milestone. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not something that you can just not notice or forget about. <laughs> oh, I right. forgot we were going up on Steam today. <laughs> well, yeah. So the game has since gone through some weird contracts and licensing deals to the point where its recent release on steam now rebranded as 1953 kgb unleashed by the way was news to him he claims he's not making a cent from the sales of the new game something publisher uig dispute pointing toward a 2011 contract bello glazo is also asking people not buy this rebrand of his moody historically focused adventure game according to a report on indie static the source of the confusion is the fact that the game has changed hands twice, once to a Russian publisher, then that publisher handed it off to UIG. Regardless of licensing deals, it'd be wrong for Bella Glazo and his studio to not get paid for what, name change or not, is still their work. That is a little weird. How did this get past Steam? I mean, I guess it's not really Steam's fault. Right. It just seems kind of odd that this would get by so many people before it even happens. Was the guy getting paid for it? Like the sales? Not, not, or... No, no. So he, he had to dispute it completely. That is really weird. There, there, there must have been some kind of... Someone was doing something they weren't supposed to be doing, yeah, I think. Yeah, apparently the contract and, and the rights got passed around enough times that no one even knew who owned the game and the original property anymore. Right. That's weird. Speaking of weird Russian video game stories, as it turns out, 
Russia is going to pay for quote-unquote patriotic games and may ban falsely negative ones. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're back to like <laughs> 1940s Russia here. The Russian government is going to start offering grants to developers who produce games depicting the Russian army in a quote-unquote patriotic manner. In an interview with Russian newspaper, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it, Arseny Mironov, an aide to the Russian culture minister, explained that too many historical war games paint the Russian army in an unflattering and unrealistic manner. Mironov believes that these portrayals are giving young Russian gamers an unfair, inaccurate history of events. This I can understand. He says, The main thing that we expect from game makers is that they reflect events realistically and with the maximum historical authenticity, avoiding the creation of a negative image of a Russian soldier, Mironov told the newspaper. The game should not only be entertaining, but also improve cognitive functions and promote patriotic education. <laughs> to solve this, a new video game project has been set up by the Culture Minister. Headed by the Russian Army Historical Society, the project will initially focus on the development of one game, due for release in 2014, which will be based on Russian military aviation during the First World War. The game will be the pilot for a series of games that give a historically accurate portrayal of the Russian military's role in history. <laughs> Quote-unquote. The government will give grants to any domestic developer who wishes to publish such a game, as long as it meets a list of criteria set out by the Ministry of Culture. The main criteria will be, quote-unquote, historical truth and the promotion of, quote-unquote, a positive image of national culture. <laughs> as well as producing its own games, the Ministry of Culture will also be looking at controlling the content of games created by non-Russian developers that are sold in the country. According to the article... The Ministry of Culture is not satisfied with that. According to its officials, the majority of military video games arriving in the country discredit the image of a Russian soldier and do not portray the historical truth. Okay. So. I can understand. They cite Company of Heroes as an example. You know, claiming that the game, quote-unquote, introduces a veteran of World War II in the form of a felon who runs around with a grenade launcher and burns civilian homes. Yeah. Okay, so it gets out a little out of hand at times. But my question is, what happens when it's things that aren't yet to happen? You know, what happens when we have games like Modern Warfare 2 right. that don't technically take place in history? Right. So they're not painting any sort of a narrative. Do they look pro-Russian by any means? No. In fact, they may look a little negative in R Russian life. Yeah, I'd say. But... At the same time, it's also a perfect depiction of terrorism. And, of course, we're all supposed to remember that terrorism isn't an entire country, but that man is responsible. Right. You know, his country isn't the one responsible. If that were the case, then, you know, we'd hate all Germans forever instead of hating Nazis. You know what I mean? It's exactly. Like, exactly. It's, it's complicated. That guy sent his own boys to war, basically. Right. By creating acts of terrorism that made it look as if the United States was attacking them. Right. So that's not, I mean, he's not even a real patriot. He was doing very bad things for the people of, of his nation. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I, I, I think it's a difficult line to walk because just like you said, what happens when it gets to fiction? Yeah. Does it just become a propaganda machine? Yeah, like what about like Metro Last Light? Right. Yeah, that game contains what's like the next Reich, essentially, and it takes yeah. place in some kind of Russian sovereignty. I mean, obviously, the, the future world is completely different, so you can't even say it's really Russia anymore because most of the world is devastated. There aren't really 
country lines or multiple cultures left at right. that point. I don't know. I just I feel like this is one of those things that you can't regulate by government because the government is going to see things from one perspective and one perspective only without a appointed committee of sorts to really evaluate things. I feel like Russian video gamers are just going to get the shaft for the next unforeseeable future. Yeah, it's possible. That is a shame. Yeah. And I mean, if the United States were to do that, most games would have to be banned. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> most games we get are awful. Yeah. Like, all this is shooting people. Yeah. And committing crimes. And Americans are often bad. And I mean, like, Spec Ops The Line is a terrible and amazing example of that. It is an emotional story where you end up as an American soldier fighting American soldiers in a uh, war-torn Dubai. Right. It's very complicated, and there's many layers to that story and to those emotions. And, man, that game would just not exist if it, if it weren't for the fact that, I don't know, our country allows things to be creatively made, you know, and right. not, not put these strictures on things. Right, right, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's never good when a government, you know, tells people what they can and can't watch. Yeah. Or can and can't play. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully this isn't the start of bad things. We can only hope. So here's some bad news for you, sir. At least I think so. Hmm. Which PS4 bundle did you buy? Watch Dogs. Okay. Well, here you go. Watch Dogs and the crew has been delayed, okay. which is forcing Ubisoft to change its financial forecast for this year. On top of that... It's complicated. So GameStop and Amazon are reassuring gamers who bought Watch Dogs console bundles and saying that you know their, their pre-orders are not gone by any means. In fact, Amazon has already announced that they will deliver PS4s to those who pre-ordered the Watch Dogs bundle. Okay. However, Watch Dogs is MIA. We're not exactly sure. We don't have an exact release date now. Right. Huh. That's I'm, too bad. I'm wondering what the hell happened over at Ubisoft. It'd be one thing if one game was delayed, but to say that your two biggest titles that are coming up soon are just mm, not so much. Yeah. Is there any news about that at all? Not exactly. Like what's going on internally or? No, they're not going to disclose anything like that. Yeah. I'm sure something not so positive is the cause of this. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's too bad. It also means that at launch, you will have a system with no game. <laughs> I'll probably just change my bundle, grab something else. It actually gives me a reason to change. Uh, I don't know if I want two controllers. I might just get the single controller. Hmm. So I can probably change the bundle and, you know. Well, I don't know. Can I change the bundle at this point? You should look into it at this point. Yeah. I'm sure Amazon is going to allow for certain things, knowing that this has happened. I mean, this is a very widely talked about issue right now because the Watch Dogs bundle is one of the most pre-ordered bundles of the PS4 bundles right. worldwide. Right, right. So obviously there's a lot of people that are going to be disappointed by this, especially considering Watch Dogs is a game that everyone's been looking forward to. Yeah. You know, totally. for multiple reasons. Big time. Well, it's a shame. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to play out. I say that every episode, I realize now. <laughs> we'll just have to see how that plays out because <laughs> we're not sure yet speculation on things i have to hope at least that it means that the game will be absolutely perfect no flaws right that'd be good you know maybe it was due to the fact that they felt like it wasn't up to their standards yeah maybe they felt like they were rushing or having too many employees crunching 
which is a industry term meaning that basically they're working insane amounts like of overtime. Over, yeah, I heard that EA is pretty famous for that. Yeah. Here's some positive news. Yay. Journey's Austin Wintery is joining the Brisbane Symphony November 23rd. The Queensland Symphony Orchestra is going to play video games music from Halo to Skyrim at 7 p.m. AEST. I'm not even sure which time zone that is. On November 23rd, during an event called Video Games Unplugged Symphony of Legends, according to the organization's original website. That's cool. Grammy-winning Journey composer Austin Wintry will join the QSO as its special guest next month at the Brisbane Convention and Exhibition Center. Music on hand will include the following. The main theme from Halo. Music from Gravity Rush, A Tenuous Pact from World of Warcraft, The Hyperion Overture from StarCraft II, Sweet from Bioshock 2, Atlantis of the Sands from Uncharted 3, Nate's Theme from Uncharted 3, The Isle of Creation from God of War 2, One-Winged Angel from Final Fantasy 7, Baba Yetu from Civilization 4, Angel's Fear from Secret of Mana 2, Ezio's Family from Assassin's Creed 2, Legacy of Terror from Diablo 3, The Music from Heavy Rain, Nascence from Journey, I Was Born for This from Journey, and Dragonborn theme from Skyrim. Organizers are also promising a few surprises at the next month's performance, and you can purchase tickets through the official website. This sounds really fun. Yeah, there have been a few events lately that have done this, and it's something to be recognized, because we've had some incredible composers work on some incredible games lately, and it's something that needs to be recognized more often. I only hope that credit will be given where credit is due in the future, that these composers are not just people like, oh, I'm writing a song. I mean, a lot of these, it's an emotional journey. Oh. <laughs> and especially for games like Journey, for Heavy Rain, you know, th- those games, the music really makes that game the experience that it is. Right. You know, I, I I was actually hoping that uh, Gustavo, whatever his name is, sorry, I'm not remembering off the top of my head, who did Frame. the, yeah, right, who did the music for The Last of Us, who is, I believe, an Academy Award winning composer. Okay. Um, I, I was hoping that he would be on that list, but that's fine. Yeah, it's a shame. He did some really good work in that game. Yeah, that's just awesome. Some good news to good be news. heard. Good news. We have good news on occasion. <laughs> All video games in Russia will be... Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So we had news about a week ago that Activision was allowed to purchase stake in the company from Vivendi. Now, this is something that obviously Mm. has been talked about for a little while now. And the Delaware Supreme Court lifted a preliminary injunction to pave way for the Activision to buy out 429 million shares plus tax attributes in the company from current owners Vivendi. For $492 million. Previously, a lower court blocked the sale due to a lawsuit filed by shareholder Douglas Hayes. But state's Supreme Court has ruled that this situation is a stock repurchase and therefore not subject to shareholder approval. Also on the deal is the investment group ASAC2 led by Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick, which will purchase 172 million shares. Essentially, this is them getting out from their parent company and being their own company Very and cool. also making Bobby Kotick the primary shareholder go Bobby which I don't know if that's really ethical for the CEO of the company to hold the most shares in the company it's kind of weird hmm well means they'll do a hell of a job <laughs> indeed well <laughs> he's got quite a lot riding in his success yes absolutely if he fails at what he's doing 
Well, then he fails at his own wallet in the end result. Yeah. No, Good job, Bobby. No one's paying him but him. So Good jobby. In recent news, Activision Blizzard has now officially become an independent company. In the home of World of Warcraft, Call of Duty and other game industry-leading franchises on Friday said it completed its previously announced buyback of shares from Vivendi, the French media conglomerate, and Activision Blizzard's now former parent company. For Activision Blizzard, the deal, valued at $8.2 billion, means the video game company will no longer be on the leash of larger conglomerate whose interests are in the media outside of video games. CEO Bobby Kotick had this to say, With the completion of this transaction, we open a new chapter in the history of Activision Blizzard. Cool. This means that basically they can go off and do what they want to do now, and they no longer have yeah, that's great. this like collar around their neck to make sure that they do what they're supposed to be doing by another company's standard. I mean, Blizzard's been doing their own thing for a long time. Apparently they were not, though. successful. Well, yeah, I, I mean, like right up until, you know, the whole Activision deal, right? More or less. Well, Activision Blizzard has been a company for a long time. Vivendi has mm. owned both, basically. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I'm hopeful for the future. We'll have to see where this goes. Right, yeah. I mean, now they won't have people telling them, no, you can't do that. You've got to fight. That thing. For your right. To make <laughs> games. <laughs> Oh, dun, no. Dun, dun, hey, dun, dun. It, at least we're not singing the same songs over and over and over again. <laughs> we could. No. Or not. So here's a weird one. Ooh, I like weird ones. Ken Levine has issued a public statement. In a Reddit AMA yesterday, responding to a fan joking with, with the upcoming Burial at Sea extension looking like a film noir in tone, he expected future installments to, quote-unquote, follow various genres such as spaghetti western and romantic comedy. Levine cracked, it's going to be porn. Lots and lots of porn. (laughs) Seriously, whoever is doing the Elizabeth porn on DeviantArt, please stop it. You're killing me. I die a little inside with every page view. Reddit, being Reddit, was extremely receptive to this idea, calling out all the other instances of Bioshock porn that should not be gazed upon or consumed. Ken, don't go to Tumblr, DeviantArt, and also you should know that SFM models for Elizabeth, yeah, they finally made a naked version of Elizabeth. SFM, by the way, is Source Filmmaker. Unfortunately, I decided to do some research on this topic, and I found quite a bit of Source Filmmaker porn. I bet. I mean, lots of stuff. Stuff I never should have seen. If, like, there, if it exists, there is a porn about it. Every model that's ever existed in Source Filmmaker, there is a very realistic looking porn of it. <laughs> now, granted, some of them are things that are a little more obvious, like Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. We obviously saw bits and pieces in the game of these sexual relationships as it is. Is it called Ass Effect? N- n- no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> there's. So I loved your reaction to that. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame... I feel bad for someone like Ken Levine, especially, you know, in in his vision. And he said this before, it's like seeing your daughter naked mm. for reasons that you should never see that. Right. You know, this is a creation of his that has a very close emotional impact to him. He's invested you know? in it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel really bad because I've stumbled upon quite a few terribly bad and inappropriate gifs over the last few days 
it makes it sound like I've been doing way too much research. But <laughs> I all I had to do was search SFM porn and bam, uh-huh. blown up. Everything, yeah. everything from gay Team Fortress dudes, and I mean hardcore gay, like jism <laughs> everywhere and multiple orgies and gigantic things, um, all the way to mashups of every woman from the Mass Effect series having an orgy on the bed together oh. and... Tomb Raider, Laura, Lara Croft having sex with Dante from DMC, like, and they're all really, really well done. Like, people are really <laughs> taking the time to make these as perfect as possible. And the crazy thing is, is that there are websites devoted to people commenting on how perfect it is, yeah, and you know, giving people <laughs> constructive criticism on how to make their SFM porn better. So I have to say this, Ken Levine, I don't think it will stop. And for those of you who are interested in this, just type it in. It's there. It's the interwebs. Oh, the world we live in. Indeed. So on to current game updates and DLC. We've got some fun ones to talk about. Like take, for example, EverQuest Call of the Forsaken. Cool. Now, you haven't played EverQuest in forever. So I've never played it, actually. You've never played EverQuest? Oh, nope. right. You just right had to friends that did. I had friends that did, yeah. Yeah. I knew a lot of people in World of Warcraft that had originally played EverQuest. Right, right. Well, apparently, people are still playing EverQuest. EverQuest called the Forsaken, the 20th expansion for the massively multiplayer online role-playing <laughs> yeah. game, rolled out today, featuring a new storyline, new zones, mercenary system updates, and more Sony Online Entertainment announced today. Yeah, so it's the 20th expansion. And next year is the 15th anniversary of this game. Yeah. One of my World of Warcraft buddies said that he quit EverQuest because it was like every few months there was a new expansion coming out. Yeah. He was like, this is just too much. I mean, they said there's literally been 20 expansions in 15 years. Yeah, that's insane. Also, I mean, I got to be impressed for the 15-year lifespan of one game. Right. I mean, if your patches are really keeping people invested, well, I mean... By all means, keep keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, World of Warcraft is up on 10 years, I think. 10 or 11. Something like that, yeah. So that's pretty good. But uh, they've got a little ways to go before they can match or overtake EverQuest, you know? Yeah. So as it turns out, there were some glitches on the Xbox 360 version of Diablo 3. And by glitches, I mean crashing and endless vibration in your controller. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the floor collapsing underneath you to drag you down to hell. That's all. It's not really the controller, it's a house. I can imagine that's got to be a little frustrating. I mean, Yeah, a little bit. Your hands would hurt after a while. Yeah, you might right. get arthritis a little early. <laughs> that or your forearms are going to be incredibly strong in a very short period of time because you're gripping the controller like to keep it from falling out of your hands. I don't know. But either way, a patch has been released. That apparently claims to fix these things. So that's good. It's good that they're getting on things like that because Diablo 3 has just been released for consoles and it hadn't a bad enough launch on PCs. We don't need it to have a terrible launch on consoles as well. Or this game will never, ever go anywhere. (laughs) It's already struggling. Yeah. On top of that, Blizzard is thinking about their DLC expansion. Expansions. <laughs> you know, Blizzard is taking about their expansions. And, you know, they, they, they sent a survey out and they were asking about what people would be willing to pay for the price of these expansions. And as it turns out, they're thinking of $30 per expansion. 
That's not so bad. I don't think so. Per expansion? Well, how many are there going to be? Well, I mean, how long do they think Diablo 3 is going to be around for? I'm guessing a very long time. World of Warcraft expansions were 40 bucks. Uh, Starcraft 2, they're 40 bucks. 30 bucks isn't so bad. I don't think. It really depends on how much content it is, you know. Right. I guess that's what it comes down to. Yeah. But at the same time, I just, I, I'm not a fan. Hmm. I'm not you a fan. You just it all at once. Even if it's a lot of content, you literally have to blow me the away. <laughs> I don't want to curse Censoring too badly, again. but you really, really have to impress me if you want me to pay more than 15 bucks. Yeah. 15 is my cutoff. If it's $20, I'll go, Probably not. Right. And even for like a season pass, would you pay that much for a season pass? Well, if it's a season pass, then yes, for okay. sure. But like for a single piece of DLC. A single, yeah, yeah a single yeah. piece of DLC. If I'm paying more than 15 bucks, you better have something tremendous. Especially when I've been fooled before with Call of Duty and it's like, oh, here's the DLC. And you're like, oh, here's the DLC. It's only 15 bucks. It's three maps. Yeah, $15. What? And then there's going to be another three maps in like another month and a half. That right. you pay another $15 for. Give us your money, bitch. Oh. That's a Call of Duty business model. Well, it's the Activision Blizzard model, apparently. Yep. So, hmm. Civilization Five is getting two new map packs. Yay. I don't know anyone that's playing Civilization Five, but I Me hear neither. that it's pretty popular. Yeah. So, yay, all you popular people. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Metro Last Light. The Chronicles pack is now available. I don't know how many people are still playing Metro Last Light either, but I still right. haven't even picked it up. So yeah, me neither. I wanted to, just never got around to when it. When I eventually get to it, I mean, considering, you know, I, I didn't even mention exactly how cheap it was earlier, but PS3s until for, for the next like 10 days are $149 at GameStop. Wow. It's not bad. That's nothing. They're two hundred and sixty dollars regularly. Right, one hundred and fifty bucks. You could trade in like nothing of your games library toward that and get it for free right now. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, not. I'm not telling you to do that, but it's like right. You I could could do that, which would allow you to play the Last of Us DLC that came out today. Indeed. Oh. <laughs> I looked at all the high-res images of the maps, and I have oh, yeah. to say, I'm really impressed. Nice. They picked some great locations from the game, and I'm really, really excited. I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. Hopefully in the next like day or two. I mean, I've been playing way too much GTA Online, but I, right. need, I need to take a day. Also, it got patched again to fix multiplayer issues. So we get a patch okay. and DLC, and I didn't pick up the season pass, unfortunately, so I think I'm going to have to pay a straight-up like ten dollar fee, I think, for that. Yeah, it's not bad. Or maybe fifteen. But either way, it's still under my fifteen cutoff. So <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So yeah. Also, Slender the Arrival is gonna hit Steam this Halloween with new content. So some great Halloween games right there. Yeah. I've actually got an entire segment planned for games that we could be playing during Halloween and hor oh, yeah? horror games in general. That I think is going to be a fun segment to do. Okay. So looking forward to that. We will cover that two episodes from now. Okay. So very cool. Yeah. I'm down. And like a clown. <laughs> so uh the cities in SimCity's futuristic expansion, 
look really cool. Tell me more, Joe. I, I, I mean, really cool. Like, really cool? Like, I'm typing it in so you can see it. On November 12th, 2013, it is going to be called Cities of Tomorrow. And I'm going to show Luke a screenshot right now. Wow, that's wild. That's a neat looking city. Yeah. Looks like um, Fifth Element type of city or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. that's that was the... I, I thought Fifth Element meets Futurama yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that's really cool. And I think it's a good way to remind people that, hey, this game is still out. You should try it. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, some fun DLC for you. Devolver Digital, Flying Wild Hog, and RuneStorm have teamed up to create a special version of a game that we are very interested in. If you own Shadow Warrior via any digital distribution service, you can get a copy of Viscera Cleanup Detail for free. And <laughs> my it, favorite. It is specifically a DLC pack that's meant to clean up after Shadow Warrior. Oh, that's really funny. Because so, that game's really gruesome, so that's pretty funny. Right. So can, so can you can you go through in Shadow Warrior? Like go through a level and then like use that save file to clean up the exact mess that you made. I don't this sort of clean up detail. I don't know how exact because I think it's gonna be like I, I get I get the feeling that it won't be specific to your save. Uh-huh. But then again, I, I Shadow Warrior isn't like a brand new experience every time. So you'd be like, This isn't exactly how I played it, you know. Right, right. Um but I just think that's great. I, I think every game should do that with Viscera Cleanup Detail. <laughs> I want to see that for every new game. I want to see the Dead Space version. I want to see yeah, the Mass oh, Effect version. Yeah. I want to see every horror game. I want to see every, every game. <laughs> I want to see the, the Call of Duty one. I want, you know, I mean, some of those, I guess, would be depressing. Call of Duty might be depressing because you have to like yeah. pick up fallen soldiers. Like, yeah, and, yeah. Let's just keep it to the sci-fi stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just keep it to the ones where you Dead can Space be gory be and silly at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Also, Saints Row 4 Enter the Dominatrix DLC has been dated. Now, if if you're up on the Saints Row news, you might know that Saints Row Enter the Dominatrix was originally rumored to be the name of this game, which was originally rumored to be DLC for Saints Row 3. So this is something that's hmm. been on the table, either kicked around or worked on for ages. Right. And they've announced that it's going to be available for $6.99 and for free if you have a season pass and comes out on October 22nd. So yeah, it was originally planned as an expansion between Saints Row the Third and Four. It's going to be interesting how many people actually spend money on this. Right. Now that GTA Online exists and everyone and their mother is playing GTA 5, well, maybe not mothers. They're probably pretty upset at the game. But <laughs> I don't like these games you boys play. <laughs> they're so violent and gross. I would love to see my mom shouting like, come on, Franklin, drive faster. <laughs> Why can't I get the headshot? <laughs> oh, Patty Finley. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm going to bomb this convenience store with a helicopter. Yeah. But they yeah, didn't so have the milk I needed. I guess it's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't want to say no one should pick it up because if you enjoyed Saints Row 4, this is stuff we've been looking forward to for a while. Yeah. And Saints Row fans in general have been looking forward to this for forever. I wonder how playership has been 
in Saints Row in the wake of GTA Five. I can only imagine it's dwindled to next to nothing. You think so? I mean, considering the number of people that are literally playing GTA Five right now. Yeah. I mean, how many people are going to be like, oh, I'm done with GTA Five for today. I'm going to put Saints Row Four in, which is a game that is fairly similar. Like, right. it may not be obviously they you know they've taken divergent paths. We've mentioned this before. But I don't feel like you're going to go from one open world game to another. If anything, you're going to take an entirely different genre up when you're like, I'm done with this open world genre for a little while. Makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, you know, I was like, I'm done with GTA 5 for a little while. Let's play NHL 14. Right. You know? Totally different. Or you were like, I'm going to take a break from Mass Effect 2. I'm going to play Farm (laughs) something. Hero. Farm Hero. Because I'm a, I need a hero. A farm hero. <laughs> so anyway, he's gotta grow crops in the night. Could GTA Five DLC feature CJ from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? Ooh. It's certainly possible. If a mysterious comment made by Sean Solo Fonteno, the actor who played Franklin Clinton in the game, is interpreted in a certain way. IGN's GTA 5 panel happened at Comic-Con this past weekend, by the way, and I will leave a link to that because you should absolutely check it out. It's about 45 minutes long, but it's great to watch and gives you real insight into the characters and the way this game was made and helps to reinforce the fact that this is not voice acting by any means. These are real actors that had real acting jobs to to do this role or to do their roles. And interestingly enough, as it turns out, Solo, the man who played Franklin, his cousin in real life, is actually the man who played CJ in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Oh, wow. And he mentioned during the panel that he's got something going with his cousin. And, of course, he said, you know, oh, it's not GTA. But before he could say that, the rest of the panel gave him quite a glare. And the rest of the panel being the other actors that I'm sure were told not to say a freaking word. Right. So So, is he in trouble? I don't know. Well, I mean, it was covered up pretty quickly, but every news outlet right now is is saying this. Greg Miller, by the way, moderated the panel. <laughs> oh, yeah? So, yeah, it, it was really, really good. That's cool. But things got really exciting when the question of which other video game character do each of the three wish they could have voiced. Fonteno responded with CJ, the lead character from San Andreas. But while that may have been his dream role, he also said he's not too bummed about it because him and Young Malay, who voiced CJ, are currently working on a project together. When Greg pressed him on what that might be, Fonteno dodged the question and quickly changed the subject. Could this be the DLC for GTA V? Well, yeah, maybe, maybe not. It could be, it could not be. It could just be that these two guys, now that they both have a name for themselves in the industry, have got money and names behind them to do whatever they want right too you know so that that could also be it yeah i would totally be fine with that i loved san andreas i had a lot of fun with it and considering how merged these worlds are it would only really make sense right i mean it's part of the same story you can drive through san andreas in los santos it is a part of the city yeah you know and they both these both of these characters kind of grew up on the same side of the tracks as it were literally their railroad tracks about a block away um (laughs) so i don't know i uh considering the hints about cj in gta 5 
And I mean, there's hints about everything. Like every once in a while, somebody mentions Liberty City and they're like, yeah, there was this crazy Russian guy. I think his name was Nico or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, ha, 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 I get what you're saying, you know? And so I'm wondering maybe we can see a merger of all of these stories. That would be pretty cool. Like a Stephen King type of thing where the whole universe of all the books gets drawn together. Yeah, except they're (laughs) not all taking place in the state of Maine. Right. (laughs) The state of Maine has some crazy shit going on all the time, apparently. Man. As far as fresh game news, we got some fun ones here. So first of all, the free-to-play FPS Extraction has entered closed beta. Huh. Yes. FPS Extraction. Mm. What kind of game is this? Uh, an FPS. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I, I got that much, thanks. <laughs> it's a free-to-play shooter made by Splash Damage. Uh, and starting today, you can sign up for the closed beta, and applicants that are chosen for it will have access to the PC shooter's objective, stopwatch, and execution modes, as well as an offering of different mercenaries to play as. Those interested in helping more to improve the game will be able to offer feedback to the development team, which created the 2011 FPS Brink. I don't know if you ever played Brink. I did play Brink. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is the team behind Brink. This is their next title. Hopefully it's better than Brink. Oh. Yeah, Brink was not so good. Ouch. Yeah, just the way it is. Yes. Well, I bought in... Brink for $3. <laughs> well, in the event that you want to play a beta of a game that will eventually just be a free-to-play FPS anyway... And you, you know, you want to be involved in that process. You know, I've been thinking about this lately. I think it's really cool that developers are really allowing people to become a part of the process more than ever. Right. Betas used to be so difficult to be a part of and alphas even too. And now it seems like every single project that we hear about that's not a specifically like AAA title has some sort of offering to the public. I mean, even games like Dark Souls 2, even games like Destiny are going to have betas right. for the community to really voice their opinion back so that this game can be what the community wants from it. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. By the way, it is, quote-unquote, objective-based gameplay in an abandoned London. Interesting. Why it is abandoned, I do we not are know. Going to find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also... Because I got extracted, that's why. Can't oh, you read the title? Oh, you're clever there. Don't you know how to read words? Where to be a clever cat yeah <laughs> so stardock has announced galactic civilization 3 do you know galactic civilization at all i do not okay well stardock has announced a new chapter in its acclaimed 4x strategy game the game will be coming exclusively to 64-bit pcs and will add deep levels of strategy and multiplayer to the experience a first in series history the game will also feature a brand new ship builder that puts nearly every element of starship design in the player's hands. Stardock has also released an announcement trailer for the game. Yeah, so apparently humans are the source of all destruction of things. Interesting. Looks like a neat trailer. Yeah. I'm interested to see the finished product. I was going to say, it's not exactly gameplay, but right. it's yep. obviously a starship builder. And they really want story to play more into it, more than it ever has. Looks like they're on the right track. Indeed. Anyway, on to the next piece of news. The next Mass Effect is officially going to have no connection whatsoever to Commander Shepard. I heard that. Yes. 
In a new interview, Bioware writer Mac Walters has given some insight into the direction of the next Mass Effect. Speaking to Complex at New York Comic Con, Walters put to rest speculation about the next installment of the series would be a prequel or focus on Commander Shepard's companions. Walters said, I can't get into details, but the idea is that we have all agreed to tell a story that doesn't relate necessarily to any of the Shepard events at all whatsoever. Beyond that, that's what we've been deciding for a while, but without it all, one of the key things is that it has to be Mass Effect. It can't just feel like a spin-off. It has to feel like a Mass Effect game at its heart, at its core, just without the Shepard character or Shepard-specific companions. Right. Obviously, this is going to disappoint some people. Yeah, I can see that. But really, I mean, why not just take it in a different direction, you know? I mean, look, it's it, it's a giant universe that these people created. Yeah. Why not just go somewhere else mm-hmm. and see a different story all altogether? Why focus on one guy in the galaxy? You know what I mean? Right. I don't think it's so much Shepard that people will be missing, but his friends. You know, people right. fell in love with all... I don't even want to spoil some of them because you won't know all of it yet, but... Right, right. There is so much in his relationships that you start attaching yourself to these characters that he's surrounded by. And I, for one, would, in a heartbeat, if they were real people, marry a few of these characters just (laughs) because of my love and appreciation for them that I attached myself to them over the course of these games. Right. And especially two and three, specifically. Okay. Oh, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking in a way. That, that uh, yeah, ba- basically yeah. the Citadel DLC for Mass Effect 3 was the end of it all. So enjoy right. that and go back and play it if you absolutely want to. But I am confident that they will find their footing with this next game and that they will create something spectacular again. Good. Also, Resident Evil 7 development has been underway since 2012, claims costume designer. Costume designer, <laughs> huh? According to an ex-costume designer for motion capture and animation studio House of Moves, it has been in production since November 2012. On her LinkedIn page, she states she worked as costume designer for the video game Resident Evil 7 for a period of three months between November 2012 until January 2013. Resident Evil 6, the last entry in the series, was released in October, suggesting that if the information is correct, Capcom began production of a sequel almost immediately after its release, if not earlier. That's interesting. Uh, I wonder how it's going to go then. Yeah. I mean, there is word that it's going to be more like a throwback to old Resident Evils. Right. Or at least Resident Evil 4. Indeed. So, I mean, is that because they kind of knew that Resident Evil 6 wasn't going to sell very well? Or like right off the bat? Like, how could they know that? You know what I mean? I'm assuming just because of the fact that they know that each one is such a massive game that takes years of development to put out that they were like, okay, the second six released, they were like, time to get working on the next one. And then they probably saw the... Um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, all, all the the negative news and reactions to the game. Right. And Michael Pattinson said, has obviously said, quote-unquote, with Resident Evil 6, we probably put too much content in there. There were comments from consumers that said it felt bloated. The Leon missions went down very well, and because we did Resident Evil Revelations on 3DS, there was a cry out for us to focus our attention on survival horror rather than be too many things to all people. You'll find where we go next will likely be more targeted at or at our core fan base. Good. Yep. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. F yeah, bro. <laughs> also, Assassin's Creed 4 director said he wants to take the series to ancient Egypt. Ooh. That's mm. interesting. I'm totally down for this. I feel like 
it needs these radical new approaches to not feel like it's getting stale. It started to feel bloated in its European content, and then North America was a little too new for it to make sense. Right. You know, uh, especially for an Assassin's Creed game where you're not a gunslinger by any means. Yeah. You have a one-shot pistol. <laughs> so if people are bearing down on you with muskets, that's kind of difficult. Right. So I kind of appreciate something like this. Although there's so much unknown about ancient Egypt. There's so much speculation about it. Mm-hmm. And all the other games have been tied into history so directly. And so yeah. perfectly, you know, yeah. the Italian one had much of the Renaissance and Da Vinci and the American Revolution had much of George Washington and the actual revolution. And the first one had the Templars, you know, right. What is ancient Egypt going to hold? Yeah. I wonder if, uh, I mean, it's not a Tomb Raider game, so you're not going to be like exploring pyramids or anything. No, not at all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, we studied Egypt when I was a kid a lot, mm-hmm. but. I mean, it was a long time ago. There's nothing I really remember from that to say, you know, maybe it's this event or that event. Right. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see which direction they take this in. Yeah. Speaking of Assassin's Creed 4, they have announced that you can spend 20 minutes or five hours in the Abstergo present day in the future, of course. Okay. So you've heard me talk at length about this. I feel like what I want Black Flag to be is an open world pirate game. I don't want more of the Assassin's Creed lineage and all this stuff and Uh if you want to drag it out to five hours feel free that's that's great if you love that part of the story but i'm so thrilled that you only have to spend 20 minutes in it that you can kind of zip through that and get back to the pirates again right that's that i mean that's where i want to experience this Mm -hmm. game also there are playstation only goodies for assassin's creed 4 which i will leave a link to and an assassin's creed heritage collection has been announced which curiously is coming out after Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Weird. Huh. Here, play all the old Assassin's Creed games a week after the new one came out. <laughs> That's confusing. But the reasoning for it coming at that weird time and it being a week after is because Assassin's Creed 4 has been announced to come out earlier. Never. Oh, okay. I, I, how often do we hear in the games industry, oh yeah, that game is coming out sooner than we expected. Yeah, we always hear pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Seriously. You know, not pushed forward. Yeah. So you'll get cool. it a week earlier. WTF? <laughs> Mites? I mean, I'm totally down with that. So is it earlier than Black Friday then? Oh yeah, it's get this your Black month Flag now. for Black Friday. It is literally this month. Wow. Yeah. Sweet. Fantastic. As far as other upcoming games that we care about, there's a lot of Dark Souls 2 news to be talked about because a lot of people got a chance to play the beta. We will talk about that next week because I want us to have time to go over that in depth. Mm-hmm. Something that I do think is really interesting, though, Project Spark is not going to rely or not going to require an Xbox Live Gold subscription, and it I heard is that officially free to play. Yeah, that's really cool. So that means that this, uh, well, this is literally the only thing you'll be able to do without paying for anything when you buy an Xbox One. Uh huh. So there's going to be a lot to do in that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that 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 game is limitless, literally. Yeah, I mean it's literally. I can't even call it a game. It's right. It's like a hub. It's a make your own game game. Yeah, I mean it's literally a a creation hub. So you're gonna open it up, and there isn't going to be any game in front of you. It's gonna be, hey, create a new project, basically, right. or view others that have already been created. Right. Right. You know, it's not gonna be like, oh, I throw this in, I play a game. It's not that at all. And 
meanwhile, I think it's a brilliant creation tool, and I'm thrilled that it's free to play. If people had to buy it, I have a feeling that it would kind of struggle. You know? Right. And if you want the community to attach itself like they want, this is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, more props to them. They're literally the only thing that sits outside of the paywall for Xbox Live. So yeah, it's gonna. I hope it's gonna be a, a success. Um, I mean, just watching you know some of the earlier trailers, maybe want to play it mm-hmm. or. I guess use it. Yeah, is that right. the right word. Um, so yeah, that's neat. Yeah. Also, there was a 15 minute gameplay footage of Deep Down, which we will discuss yeah. next week. All right, because I want Luke to see it first. I'm ready. All these things I keep saying we'll talk about next week. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I like this a lot. Batman's persona in Batman Arkham Origins. They talked about defining it at New York Comic Con. And something that they wanted to address was they wanted to make people positive about what it's about. Because when people hear origins, they think it's Bruce Wayne becoming Batman, you know, dealing with the tragedy of his parents. Right. What they really wanted to show is that this is a naive Batman. Oh. A cocky Batman. Really? One that maybe isn't quite prepared to stand toe to toe and battle his wits against these foes. Interesting. And finding his own strength within. Yeah, it's not a Batman that we're used to seeing. Right. And I guess I'm really curious now, because I don't think many video games have been able to really tackle something in quite that way. You know, especially a superhero. I mean, is he super? I don't know. But He's pretty super. Yeah. (laughs) Batman's a super guy. <laughs> um, we don't really see that side of him. We usually right. see him go from being that distraught child to a troubled young man to becoming Batman. And then he's just awesome Batman. Yeah. But where is that transition novice where... Batman who right. is just... He's like, no, I've got the power. I'm going to use it, you know? Yeah, and he's not exactly... Maybe he thinks he's too sure of himself. Right. You know, maybe that's the problem at first. Right. And uh, before he cleans up the city, as it were. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of thrilled about that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Also, Bungie seems to have coined a new term. Oh? Yes. There are going to be no more MMO FPSs. Ah. Uh. There are simply... Shared world shooters. <laughs> I kind of like it. Yeah. Swisses. My guess is that it is because of the connotations that come from MMO. Yeah. You know, people hear MMO and maybe that doesn't really attract them to the franchise as much. Maybe. Especially with a game that is an FPS. Like you want people to remember that it is an FPS. Shooter needs to be a part of that title. To call it an MMO, to call it an RPG, I feel like that would detract people in a way. A lot of people would. Yeah. 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 Uh, not me, personally. Right. I think um, you would be kind of the opposite of that, Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I can I can do share world shooter. That's fine. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's uh, a Swiss. 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 It's a Swiss. Oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah. It's Swiss. almost like you're eating cheese and you're playing Destiny. <laughs> yum, yum. Yeah, enjoy your cheese while playing a first-person shooter. That's (laughs) weird. This game is so cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) And... Not as cheesy as your palate, motherfucker. Whoa! Also, a very interesting piece of news. 
An Xbox One game tweet backfires badly. Hmm. Now, Next Gen kicks off this November. That means that there are a ton of developers out there right now busting their butts to get launch games out on time. And Rise Son of Rome is no different. Today, the Rise Twitter account boasted about feeding the developers working on the game through crunch, a term that refers to the practice of working long, sometimes grueling hours to ship a product. They said, by the time Rise ships for Xbox One, we will have served the crunching team more than 11,500 dinners through development. Oh my God. The thing about crunch is, while it does result in many of the games we know and love, it is also kind of unhealthy. Uh, yeah, it gets think? in the way of relationships. It can burn developers out and mess with their quality of life. Mm-hmm. Despite being a known problem, crunch is still around. To generalize, there are people in three camps when it comes to crunch. There are those who view crunch as a testament to passion and work ethic, those who hate the practice and wish the industry would develop better practices, and those that see it as a necessary evil for the industry to continue working the way it does. Needless to say, people feel strongly about the subject, which is why it's not so surprising that people responded strongly to it. Some incoming tweets that came back at them, the divorce of my parents eventually led me to a life of crime, but man, that launch game was really polished. Wow. Is that a real story, I wonder? I don't know the truth of that, but ouch. Facilitate the subjugation of countless peoples and the rise of Western European genocide, imperialism, and slavery. Rise facts. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) You have to perform a QTE to eat dinner during crunch. (laughs) (laughs) Devs say that when Rise ships, it'll be like watching a baby be born, which they missed because they were crunching. Yeah. Stockholm Syndrome can take many fun forms, like being proud of working 120 hours a week on QTE sequences. Yeah, seriously. Devs love Rise more than their families, but not quite as much as pizza. Will you abandon (laughs) for Rise when you play it? (laughs) Help, I'm trapped inside of a game dev factory. Have not seen the sun in three months. Send rescue. Miss loved ones. Sarah, I'm sorry. Rise facts. Mm-hmm. It's not worth sacrificing your personal life to ship a launch game. You should take time to appreciate every day with your loved ones. I agree. Nice. AAA game development, where dinner is served with a side of exploitation. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope RiseFacts is a passive-aggressive attempt by Rise Game Production Team to tell management to fuck off. Yeah, really. Oh, wow. I love dinner. Any tips on how to get into the games industry? Cool. Dinner. Hashtags. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... So, yeah. Actually, Alan mentioned a few things about the industry as a whole and how games are made and how different laws have come out recently. And if that is posted, we will comment on it. Cool. That would be an interesting article. Finishing up. So the Long Dark hit their goal three days before fundraising goes out. Sweet. Which is still going on until 10 a.m. tomorrow, which means it will be done by the time you listen to this. Mm-hmm. But uh, fantastic. And also on top of that, Mass Effect's Jennifer Hale has joined the voice cast. And David Hayter, the original voice of Snake from all of the Metal Gear Solid games. Oh, wow. So now we have, first of all, both Commander Shepherds in one game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who have never actually met or talked to each other aside from like really? a launch event. That's, That's it. funny. Because, you know, they're voicing the same character, essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now they actually get to interact for once, right. which is kind of funny. That is funny. Um, considering they're both heralded for the same series. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also working with someone like David Hayter. Now, I, I, 
I'm not a huge, huge Metal Gear Solid fan or huge David Hayter fan, but man, they, uh, considering the, this is kind of an indie game that's on Kickstarter, right? They're getting some serious talent to do the voice work. Definitely, yeah. I mean, that's um, that's impressive. You know, just to to go to Kickstarter and to get this kind of support is pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Also, an interesting one. Cast AR 3D augmented reality goggles is closing in on its goal. This is made by ex Valve inventor Jerry Ellsworth. Huh. This is very complicated and reminds me a lot of, well, the Oculus, but yeah. in much simpler ways. I'm going to have you watch some videos and have your take on it. But the thing that I find is most impressive about it was there was a chess game, basically, where they were, both people were wearing glasses. Which look like normal 3D, like you go to watch a 3D movie nowadays, those like simple black glasses. Right. And they have little hologram screen things that like reflect into the glasses and stuff. So they were able to see a holographic board in front of them to play a game together. And they were using wands to like cast spells and things on the board. Oh, neat. And it was in like live action. That's really stuff. cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's got some interesting applications for sure. Uh, we will comment on that next week. And it looks yeah. like it's going to meet its fundra- fundraising goal. So awesome. Great. Yeah. There's a lot of great things in the future with, um, you know, all, all the different headsets that, that are, that are, um, that are being developed. Yeah. We also have another one that's been announced that CNET recently did an article on that we will be talking about next week. And it involves a very different kind of vision peripheral. It basically beams the images and the light directly into your eyes to change what you're seeing. So it's no longer <laughs> images on screens in front of you. Right. It sounds mildly terrifying. <laughs> it's got to be like on your face exactly yeah. the right way. It looks like looking at your eyeballs. It looks properly. like crazy goggles that you would see some like superhero that is human and needs them to like see things in like AR and stuff. Like Cyclops goggles. Mm, more like the, those kind of like sunbathing things that like oh, okay. only have like the like, eye hole for like yeah, just yeah. the tiniest bit. Like, like the frog eye thing. It looks like that, but in goggle form. So it's like okay. beaming directly into your retina and it reads your eye position and things like that. That's neat. It seems a little scary too. Hey, yeah. I'm in the beta and I'm blind. <laughs> so about that. The beta was fun though. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond Eyes, I think, is a really interesting one. It says it paints a colorful picture of a blind girl. Now, this is probably one of the most interesting games I've seen in a while, and it reminds me of The Unfinished Swan. Now, The Unfinished Swan, if you don't know that game, is a game that started out in stark white background, and to complete the picture, you were essentially throwing balls around that were paintballs, and as those giant balls of paint would hit something, you would then see the outline of what it hit. Whether okay. it be a chair or stairs or whatever the objects were, and that was how you filled the environment. This game is a blind girl with a white background, and as she interacts with things, whether hearing them or touching them, that's when they start to paint this kind of colorful image oh, in front okay. of her. Neat. Yeah, it looks like a really, really interesting take on gaming, and it's made me think that most people see Kickstarter as kind of like maybe this weird way to get games started. But it allows people to really take chances and to do things from a different perspective. You know, a lot of publishers are looking for more of the same. They're looking for the cash grab. Yeah. And Kickstarter is a way for people to go, 
I have a really weird idea that I think could be really cool, but how do I get this out there? Right. And this allows people to just be like, here's a demo, here's a video. If you like it, put money at it. And this is one that if I had a lot of money, I would throw tons at. So Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Now, as far as the mobile marketplace goes, wrapping up here, we've got a couple of quick ones. First of all, Deadly Premonition got a 352-page companion app for the iPad. (laughs) Not exactly a mobile game, but it's cool that there's all of this backstory and artwork that we're getting and things like that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Speaking of iPad apps, Toon Hero has added a Portal 2's Peabody, and more characters are on the way. And this allows you to kind of create your own tunes using the creatures and, and the the art that, that is basically built into these packs. And this is a Portal 2 pack. Okay. So so, so they're taking characters from Portal 2 yeah. and making... Okay, and, uh, yeah. Neat. I haven't played it yet, still. Oh, still man. Not you still Portal not... Oh. Played Portal 1. Never played Portal 2. I have it Is it on in your Steam. backlog? Mm-hmm. It's on... I have it on Steam, <laughs> yeah. My oh. brother bought it for me a while back and... Uh, Man, as soon as I get my PC up and running, we should definitely play that because now, yeah, yeah, the the co-op in that game is fantastic. Yeah, I played it on Xbox Live and I had so much fun. And I played with randoms, and that is a game that you know the co-op is so it's so like positive and endearing and fun that it's it's not like most games where when you're playing online you're you're playing to be competitive. It really is true cooperative gameplay. Right. So they did a really great job with it. Also. Wordament is now on A-N-D-R-O-I-D. <laughs> uh, you should check that game out. That is pretty cool. Uh, I'm just going to rattle through a few of these, obviously. Um, Stardock has launched a mobile division with three games in development, by the way, aside from the game that we already mentioned earlier. Interesting. Yes. No Very word yet if it's going to tie into these games. That would be pretty oh. cool though if you could like build your ships on your mobile and then go to and then, the actual Yeah, yeah, definitely. I kind of appreciate the companion app ideas. Speaking of companion apps, Sony is releasing a Knack app as part of its mobile approach now. They're ba- they've basically said, I mean, aside from the fact that they will have a PlayStation app that will be free, that can trigger remote downloads and you can buy straight through the app and see your friends and view gameplay that's live going on right now that your friends are playing. Uh-huh. This will also be a way to kind of connect to your game and see more of that game world and maybe interact with the characters in a different way. Maybe mini games that play into your eventual game. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Okay, cool. And, uh, there is a link here that I'm going to post. In the event that you're looking for Android games, there is a list posted. Like Farm Hero? Yes. <laughs> just like Farm Hero. Don't play Farm Hero, by the way. Don't listen to Luke. Farm Hero is so awesome. Don't do not do it. Best game ever. Yes. So the 12 best games for Android devices, I will be posting that link. Also, Arkham Origins is going to get a mobile game from the makers of the Mortal Kombat game. The game actually looks pretty cool, and it is free to play, so you should definitely check it out. Is it a fighter? Yeah. It's a brawler. Huh. Neat. Let's just put it this way. It's not made by the people who did the Dark Knight Returns or the Dark Knight on mobile. Okay. Which is a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> good, then. I wouldn't know either way. Yeah. That's cool. And the fact that it's free to play, you're going to have to check it out, Mr. Shermer. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <Murr>. <laughs> 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 I will. 
Oh, also, by the way, Troy Baker read Joker's monologue from The Killing Joke at New York Comic Con, and I will post a video to that because, oh, man, fanboys rejoice. And, I, I mean, I watched the video, and it literally blew me away. If we haven't talked about Troy Baker enough, this man continues to impress me. Gotcha. Yeah. Neat. Okay. Yeah. And so then there's good things coming. Yeah. Basically, they they announced at the Comic-Con panel about Batman Arkham Origins that that was one of the things they sent him for his audition. And apparently when he went in for the audition, he was auditioning for the role of Jack and didn't know any better. <laughs> so he went into it and he started reading some lines and he was like, where is this heading? And then he came to the realization... Oh no, I'm reading for the Joker. <laughs> oh, holy crap. Yeah, that's that's a pretty cool position to be in. Yeah, and he said in the video, he was like, um, and you get to that moment of panic where you just want to run away screaming and get the hell out of there, but then you realize you're in the middle of this audition and you just have to go with it. Right. And then he read that monologue and oh man, when you watch it, oh, you're going to love it. That's great. Even though you don't know the monologue. It, I do, and I just... Whoo, fanboys in that room, whoo, blowing yeah, up. It's crazy. But And last but not least, puzzle platformer Typewriter looks really, really cool. Typewriter. Yeah. Not to be confused with Flow Rider. <laughs> yes, indeed. And it plays with typography and text, teaching you the history of typography while running you along these letters and text. Interesting. Yeah. Another kind of platformer it's more of a puzzle game but very very awesome so you should definitely check that out on mobile sweet right and if you haven't seen the new ps4 commercial which i'm sure you'll see because it's going to be an ad for every uh uh, youtube video that you watch i'm sure because greatness awaits is everywhere right feel free to laugh hilariously and potentially (laughs) want to sing along if you are a musical theater buff like myself yeah (laughs) there you go I can't imagine I would have so much joy when I am facing certain doom, but, (laughs) you know, it's cool. It's fun. They've got some interesting marketing programs. Xbox One is like, we've got multimedia content. Watch your NFL games. And Sony is like, here's some games in live action and we'll all sing like we're good friends. (laughs) I don't know. It's, they're taking two vastly different approaches, obviously, but I like the, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what game, um, Sony was showing towards the end there. It right. looked like a kill zone, maybe. I think it was kill zone, but like I said to you previous to us recording, kill zone has taken so many it's changed st- a lot. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it, hard to say. Yeah, because now it's so bright and cheerful that I I can't tell if anything is kill zone anymore. Like, is that kill zone? If I don't right. if I don't see the exact face of the enemy, I'm not. I'm like maybe. You're not so sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. it's weird. If I don't see the Hellgast, I don't know what to do. Yeah, but anyway, well, we'll see. In the event that you have comments or questions to send us, you can send us by way of emailing us at IRLGameChat at gmail.com or by tweeting us at IRLGameChat, and we will get to your submissions next week. I promise. I really promise. We promise. Yes. It's our it's our promise, and we don't break a promise. <laughs> because Indeed. you're our good friend. Well, ladies and gents, that'll do it for episode 19 here on IRL Game Chat. As always, if you're listening to us, thank you. And remember that you're not just a listener, you're also our friend. Our dear friend. Indeed. Yay, friend. So feel free to hit us up anywhere you can find us on the interwebs. And if you're listening to us on any particular app, 
why don't you uh you know give us some ratings you know yeah you know five star favorite give us a yeah. favorite you know yeah, yeah, what, yeah. whatever it is that you uh, do be on, nice do on these little yeah. uh, apps and thanks and guys yeah thanks yeah. Because we'd greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> on Twitter, I am Mr. Spud Winters, and Luke is Level Up Luke. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash IRLGameChat. Until next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> and game on.
Yeah, yeah. StarCraft Two is still pretty recent. I I would say um, at the very earliest, it was two thousand nine. Huh. Okay. Well, then never mind. Negate that, and I will delete it. <laughs> la la la. La la la. I I I I am a butterfly. 